1: Good
0: morning. It is Monday, October 16th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden made another visit to Philadelphia on Friday, a place that he frequents a lot because that state is very vital to his re-election in 24, just under 13 months until we go to the polls. Uh, new polling showing that the president may have a Pennsylvania problem, though. Not only in Pennsylvania, but elsewhere.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't account for the mass mail-in unaccountable balloting that takes place. I I just don't... I don't... uh, I don't think people have quite got a firm grasp on how many votes you can magically come up with (laughs) when you just throw ballots at people via the mail, which, hey, by the way, I want to give a shout out. Uh, Yesterday at my other job, there were a whole bunch of letter carriers from central Indiana, many of them big fans of our shows. We love all those of you who work at the post office and appreciate the efforts that you put in every single day to get the mail where it needs to go. Uh, But the point is, when you just send something to someone and you put it in a mailbox, you have no idea who's getting that. You have no idea who's filling that out. I was talking with some of the postal workers yesterday, and they were talking about how there are now third parties that are, and we've seen the photographic evidence that are not even affiliated with the post office. They're outside vendors who are doing a lot of the work because they're having trouble getting people to work for the post office. And so when you have no idea who's handling that ballot, especially with these third-party vendors that are doing the mail. You've got no idea who's actually receiving the ballot. You've got no idea who's filling it out. You've got no idea who's sending it back. There is no way a reasonable person looked at John Fetterman and Dr. Oz and thought, yeah, Fetterman's going to start with a 300,000-vote lead. He couldn't even form a sentence, Casey. Let's go with that So I just don't think people are – I just think people are dramatically underestimating the – ability to pull whatever shenanigans you want to pull in a place like Pennsylvania. Well,
0: this was a Quinnipiac poll, and it said that Biden is trailing Trump in a hypothetical matchup, and also Biden has lower favorability in Pennsylvania. Trump Trump sits at 40%, and Biden's at 39%. Oh, I
2: believe that, Casey. I I absolutely don't doubt that it's probably very close. It's probably slightly Trump, but that's not... 1% Mm -hmm. is not enough to overcome the shenanigans that the Democrat governor and Democrat secretary of state there have the ability to pull. It's just, you're not going to over, you're got to have a half a million vote lead to even make it competitive.
0: Okay, Donald Trump just tweeted out or truthed out uh, a little bit ago. He said, uh, Joe Biden is the worst president in American history. <laughs> he said, would someone please inform our worst president in history, crooked Joe Biden, who doesn't have a clue that while he dithers around and illegally attacks his political opponent, Iran is rapidly building a... A large-scale arsenal of nuclear weapons so biden was supposed to go to colorado he canceled that trip he's now going to stay in washington to focus on what's going on in israel there's talk that he may go to israel he was also on 60 minutes last night and the host uh scott pelly said that he seemed tired <laughs> he said we could see it
2: oh yeah um so he gave some speech over the weekend Mm-hmm. And I, it was it was an LGBTQ group of some sort, I think. Human or, rights. Yeah, I mean. It's, uh, human rights campaign. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know there was the big equal sign in the background. Yeah. And uh, the blue and the yellow, which is weirdly the same Ukraine colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, I'll tell you what, Casey, he just lies and he lies and he lies. And what the crazy thing to me is, he'll tell something that is just terribly obvious that it's a lie and people will clap for it mm-hmm. like it's not even something where you go it's just a difference of political opinion like it's blatantly untrue and people are like yeah yeah good yeah. job grandpa went mm-hmm. a lie mm-hmm. so would you like to play some of them if we have to so he makes up this bizarre story about gay people being thrown out of restaurants
3: yeah i i don't understand this one at all
2: L- listen to this
3: You've heard me say before, and I apologize for having to repeat it. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still fundamentally wrong in this country. And that still exists.
2: This is not happening anywhere.
3: What is he talking about?
2: He's lying. If, if this were happening, every news agency in mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. would descend, every n- major, major news outlet in the country would descend upon wherever that thing is happening mm-hmm. and would ruin the lives of whoever owned that business. The only thing that is happening, as is well documented, and the Supreme Court has ruled is constitutional, is like the right of a... Cake baker Mm -hmm. not to make a a wedding cake against against their own will for a gay couple or a, a photographer or whatever. No one is getting thrown out of restaurants because they happen to be gay. What the Supreme Court has said is that people, businesses do not have to promote or engage in commerce that promotes a lifestyle they don't agree with. Nobody's being thrown out of a restaurant because they're gay and he knows this and he is just lying. He's
0: just trying to get people riled up. All right, so he goes on. He tells this story often and it's about seeing two men kiss uh-huh. and he asks his dad what is going on. <laughs> we've we've heard this one before.
3: I've told the story before, but tell it again. I was, I was raised by a man who was a really decent, honorable man. I remember he was dropping me off. I wanted to be, uh, I, I, I wanted to work in the projects as a lifeguard on the east side of Wilmington. And he was dropping me off on his way to work at the city hall to go get an application to be a lifeguard there. And as I got out of the car at the four, four corners in the, the center of town, two men, turns out one going to the Brandywine, one was to work for the, the, uh, the DuPont company, the other worked for Hercules company. This is back when I was a kid. And they leaned up and kissed one another. And I'd never seen that before. I turned and looked at my dad, and he just looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. It's simple, Joey. They love one another. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay, so first of all, isn't it weird that he claims he's never seen this before, Mm -hmm. so he certainly doesn't know these two people, yet he knows exactly where they worked, where they were going to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like... And and this is why I think even the what was it the Washington Post
0: Yeah, came he out did of, some fact checking and on was this. like,
2: this is very likely false. So even the even the Washington Post mm-hmm. is like, Yeah, this dude's full of crap. And the intricate detail with which he lies, Casey.
0: Well he's thinking if I add more details, it'll make it more believable. But two men openly kissingly kissing in public in the fifties. I'm not buying it. Uh,
2: Yes. And the fact that he claims that he doesn't know them, clearly. Mm -hmm. But
0: he knows where they were. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's just he's so he is (laughs) a cross between the John Lovitz pathological liar character on Saturday Night Live. For those of you who don't know, years and years ago in the late 80s, John Lovitz used to do a character called the pathological liar. And he would just keep telling. Lies and his eyes would get great big, and then he'd go, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the ticket. That's it, yeah. And people would laugh because it's ridiculous. He's that, Biden is that, and and a cross between that and the Uncle B.S. Tim Wilson character. Like, (laughs) if they had a baby together, that would be Joe Biden. It
0: would be Joe Biden. He's a storyteller, isn't
2: he? I just...
0: Okay, but let's... He's not done. There's more. Here he is rambling incoherently about guns who in god's name needs a weapon with a
3: hundred rounds in a chamber
2: (laughs) can we can we play that one again
3: (laughs) who in god's name needs a weapon with a hundred rounds in a
0: chamber Hundred rounds in the chamber—that would be a really, really big. gun. That
2: is a gigantic gun, Casey. I mean,
0: now, you would need a hundred chambers. Like,
2: look, Casey. I don't profess to be Guy Relford, right. but I do know just a little bit about uh, about weaponry, and mm-hmm. I don't think that actually exists.
3: There's
0: one round in the
2: chamber, Joe Biden. <laughs> one more just, time, Captain. One. one more time.
3: Who in God's name needs a weapon
0: with a hundred rounds in a chamber? That's what you want. That, that that's what you want right the president of the yeah. united states yes. the guy making the rules and the laws about your gun not even understanding i agree i agree with joe gun. biden
2: who wants a gun with 100 rounds in the chamber that
0: would be a really really heavy gun that would be like a
2: cartoon <laughs> it would be a who framed roger rabbit gun yeah. that's exactly what that would be <laughs> exactly. which is maybe where joe biden spends most of his time in the world of who framed roger rabbit possibly Toontown. all
0: right to wrap it up he makes a jab at poor people
3: no, I'm not joking. You lose your job. You get beat up. You got I mean, the whole different circumstance. Well, well, I tell you what, I've been here every time you invited me. Be careful. I'm like a poor relative. I, I show up when I'm invited.
2: <laughs> what is he even saying, first of all? He shows up when he's invited. But what does that have to do with being a poor relative? Kev, can we just have like the final... I don't know. Because somebody shouted something yeah. at him from the audience about him being there. And I guess he hadn't been there before. They didn't think he was there enough. Just the, maybe the final five or ten seconds.
3: Well, what, well, I tell you what, I've been here every time you invited me. Be careful. I'm like a poor relative. I, I show up when I'm invited.
2: What, what does that even mean, Casey? So like a Thanksgiving, only the poor relatives? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. show up Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. oh man it's congratulations Cav are you traveling this holiday season you're the poor relative free turkey (laughs) I mean he's just so just he lies he's racist Mm -hmm. he's insulting them Mm -hmm. like
0: this is the president Mm -hmm. he wants 100 rounds in the chamber who wants 100 (laughs) rounds in the chamber doesn't work that way it's 16 after 11 it's Kendall and Casey
1: on 93 W I B C
0: 19 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Suzanne Summers died at the age of 76 following a cancer battle. Uh, One day before her 77th birthday.
2: uh, Before this, I'd like to, uh, you know, usually we're very complimentary of Kevin on the music that he chooses. Kev, all of the Stix songs and you chose to pick the song that ruined the band.
0: Really? (laughs) I thought it was fitting for something that we're going to be talking about later in the segment.
2: Don't ever, Kev, and I'm going to use my stern voice here, Mm -hmm. do not ever, ever play that song again on this radio show. So is that post-Dennis Young? No, it's the song that Tommy Shaw and James Young, because they're complete a-holes, got mad because they had to wear costumes on stage for the Kilroy Was Here tour, and they broke up the band. (laughs) Oh, wow. It is
0: really a silly song, isn't it?
2: It's fine, Casey. There was no <laughs> need to kick Dennis Young out of the band. Well,
0: I'm really sorry. I'm I'm going to
2: be look, more I, sensitive. You didn't know, I, your... I, I, look, I'm not. I don't mean to jump on you. I just you didn't know, and and so I just I'm telling you right now, we do not allow any songs by Tommy Shaw or James <laughs> Young from Fake Sticks. And we don't allow Mr. Roboto because of all the bad memories it, it brings up. But. Yes, sir.
0: I don't know. For someone who's taking their inclusive training <laughs> right now, I don't know if it's sinking in. We were just on bullying
2: in the uh, harassment <laughs> training. Are <weren't> you really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been alienated here. Do you? And you
0: I, yeah, you don't feel very included, do you? Look, I'm just no. saying there, uh,
2: there's a, there is a litany, <laughs> a long laundry list of very fine Dynasty Young stick songs we can play. Babe, Lady, Best of Times, mm-hmm. uh, Sweet Madam Boy. Blue. I mean, just a whole bunch of very fine uh, songs. That is not one of them. So I will ask you to throw that into the dust heap of time on this radio (laughs) show. It's such an iconic. Well, it's fine. There was nothing wrong with the song, but it just like I'm triggered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, so and, I bullied you And I have a right to a Yes! I have a right according to this thing I'm watching to a safe workplace bully,
0: yes. musically bullying him uh-huh. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I can't believe you just said you were triggered Like, do you want to talk about your feelings? Well, I feel like, again, I have a right to as I'm learning here, a right to a safe workplace That I feel comfortable in Can
2: I just say something? Your emotions are valid Thank you! Yes! You have a right to a safe workplace. What is the and Sticks? What is the Adam Sandler movie, The Big Daddy? Is that the one with the little boy where mm-hmm. he gets the little boy that he yeah, has to watch ever? And he says he, <laughs> the kid, at one point, he, he's obviously repeating things he's learned from Adam Sandler, and he goes, "Sticks is one of the greatest rock bands of all time, and most critics are just cynical a holes, and that is true." Sticks with Dennis DeYoung. One of the greatest rock bands of all time. About once a year we have this conversation, Casey, it's and true. so I thought it would Today be good to get it out in, out in the ether there.
0: Congratulations. So the, I was talking about how Suzanne Somers had yeah. passed away. Oh. The, yeah, oh no. I'm
2: terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I think this is a bit, like there are certain celebrities that they pass away and you go, oh, they, you know, that was terrible. They were 80 years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of mm-hmm. do the customary, oh, weren't they in blah, blah, blah. This seems like a really big deal based on social media. It seems like a lot of people are really torn up about this. Uh, now, why do you think that's a big deal? Is it Three's Company because that show became so... Iconic? It almost became bigger in syndication yeah. and replay than it did when it was you know, actively on television. Here's something
0: interesting about the three's company is she was on that show for what, five years? And then she was on step-by-step Yes, longer.
2: So, so step-by-step now hot take. Yep. and of course this is because I'm a
0: Patrick Duffy well, is a good-looking man. Well,
2: you you know I love uh, anything '90s and '80s, mm-hmm. and I was a kid. The TGI F, thank goodness it's Friday. Had Family Matters and Step by Step. Right. I made t- and Patrick Duffy was phenomenal in Dallas, by the way. Mm-hmm. Patrick Duffy, horrific actor, phenomenal in Dallas. Though was Bobby Ewing until they fake killed him and then brought him back. Um, I just spoiled Dallas for someone. They're mm-hmm. like. Dang it, Rob, I was in the middle of watching all of them I, I know. On, on my free TV or whatever that thing is. The
0: limitations on the spoiler alert have yeah, long passed. Yeah, Forty for years. That. Yeah, <laughs> you're okay.
2: Uh, I think Step by Step was a much better show than Three's Company. Really? Yeah, but oh, that's I because I'm a 90s kid. So Three's I'm... Company
0: was fun, though. Uh, I mean, let's get your uh, red wine, yeah. your white wine spritzer and go down to the Regal Beagle.
2: I mean, Jack Tripper, was, uh, wasn't was mm-hmm. that his name? Mm-hmm. Right, he was Right, uh, he was a very strong character. But she didn't... Uh, I mean, post certainly step-by-step uh, step even, which that was kind of like, hey, we're going to bring these stars from the 80s, Patrick Duffy and, and uh, Suzanne Somers together and put them on this show. She didn't do, you know, I mean, there wasn't like she had a number of Academy Awards that she was winning, et cetera. But for whatever reason, she was really endeared to a lot of people. And I saw a lot of people on mm-hmm. social media taking this pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Made playing a a, a dumb blonde. Yeah. I mean that's not always an easy role to play, even when you're not a dumb blonde. Yeah. I mean she did it with the comedic timing and everything, mm-hmm. um, and and then demanded her fair share of money. Yeah. Didn't get it.
2: Yeah. And, and she, that's why she left. And she wa- and then they replaced her, right? Yeah. With now correct. Now I'm not with her cousin. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was my that was my question, and Hammer would know this because he loves the John Ritter character mm-hmm. on um, on Three's Company. They didn't. Like sometimes on shows, they would just hire a new person and go. This is the same person before. Like uh, Family Matters is a great example. The mother on the final season was like, "This show is way jump the shark. I'm out of here." And they just brought in a new mother to be, Harriet Winslow, and sure. it was like, "This seems weird."
0: Kind of like the Darrens on Yes, the witch.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but they th- this was a new person. Right. Yeah.
0: The last scene, I think that they had. Chrissy Snow calling from her parents' house, ah, and then yes. the new season started. Boy, and somebody's was, a fan. And it was her cousin. Boy, you know what? I actually dressed up as her for Halloween one year. Oh
2: yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah,
0: because uh, the dude and I were going to a party, and mm-hmm. then his sister was visiting. Is this the same? And we needed to be a threesome, so uh, oh. we decided to be, uh huh, threes company. Yeah, go on. Well, <laughs> that's, oh, that's the end of the story? I'm that's listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how ridiculous Jim looked as Jack Tripper though. Uh-huh. I'm wearing sure tube socks up to his knees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and little a, little tight shorts. Does this photo exist somewhere? Is uh, there a photo probably, of this? That probably. is your job is to dig that photo <laughs> out that and bring photo. that photo in for us. It is the Halloween season after yeah. all.
0: I'm big could you imagine dressing up from somebody in the seventies like that with little shorts?
2: <laughs> no, I think uh, and I'm hoping there's a photo of you, you know, in some capacity in that mm-hmm. too.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, it is 1126. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You want to talk about what Joe Rogan said? Oh, yes. He wants to have an AI president.
4: We were, we were talking about a AI president. <laughs> Yeah. That you need a president that is immune to bias, yes. corruption, influence, and someone who just looks at things rationally and in an intelligent way that spans all the disciplines, right? Like, how could any president really be an expert in foreign policy, the environment, mm-hmm. economics, social justice, mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure, uh, immigration? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not possible. How could one person really know the correct solutions to all those issues? Even if you're briefed Look, I can't imagine. I all I do is run a podcast and do comedy and Occasionally commentate on fights and all those three things take up so much of my time.
0: <laughs> okay, so I understand what he's saying, that they have to be an expert on so many different levels. Well, it would depend on who's programming the AI, but that's what we have the cabinet for. Sure. You hope that those people yeah. will be the experts in their uh, field. However, when you have someone like Pete Buttigieg, who's transportation secretary, yeah. it doesn't always work out.
2: Well, and a lot of it is worldview, and the bottom line is, while you may not be an expert on these things, mm-hmm. you have worldviews on whatever the topic is and that should guide how you govern right i mean so your worldview is israel has a right to exist and a right to defend itself thus you support israel in whatever pushback they deem necessary to blow up and out these terrorists i mean that's not it's not do do you know the intricate details of the staged israel response or do you totally understand that no it's like For me, when it comes to dealing with government, finances and understanding government financing is my wheelhouse, taxes and growth of government, because I'm interested in that. But I have a worldview on something else that if I were president, I could Mm -hmm. work my way through it. And you're right, Casey, when you have more unqualified morons like Pete Buttigieg in positions of immense influence— you're going to fail.
0: Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting because he's sitting there listing off all of these things Joe Rogan was, like you have to know, foreign policy and what's going on within the country and the border. And I thought, well, you know what else you could be? A talk show host. <laughs> 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 it is 1129. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 W.I.B.C. Running, we got a D. I got a yep. Earned a D. Eleven thirty-three. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. So Indiana's redistricting <laughs> earned a D, according to a national report card.
2: All right. So every ten years, per the with the coincide with the U.S. Census, the congressional representation is is handed out based on uh, population, etc., and states are required, as are municipalities, to mm-hmm. redraw. Maps to have accurate population representation. And this generally, and Democrats do it the same way Republicans do, but we are in all Republican states, so we're going to talk about the Republicans here. Now, I don't think like in New York or California, they're not doing the exact same thing, but they're Democrats. But it doesn't matter. We're not run by Democrats. We're run by Republicans. They draw these maps in order to ensure the most amount of political – benefit to themselves the party apparatus the desirables and not necessarily the emphasis is not on fairness or accurate representation this is why you will see like in brownsburg where i live the the state house districts are literally drawn through the center of town so you go through 136 which is main street and if you're on the south side of that you go to, I believe it's Jeff Thompson's district. If you're to the north of that, you go to Becky Cash's district. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense for the town of Brownsburg Which is an actual community, right? That in the center of town you would have separate representation. They draw, they being the Indiana General Assembly, the Republicans those maps to give enough Republican votes. They look at and say, okay, we got Democrats district, right, so that the so that this person will be able to get themselves across the finish line. And if you look at the votes in the race, like Becky Cash had, uh, she needed those Republican votes to become a status member not her fault she runs in the district she lives she's doing everything above board but it is done, done not by would brownsburg be best served to have a single representative so that we know who to go to it's done boy who how can we get the most amount of representatives elected look at what they did with andre carson for example andre carson cannot lose re-election you know i know tony's always up, somebody better run again there's no point There's no point anybody decent is never going to run against Andre Carson because he cannot lose. Why? Because the Republicans shifted the map a couple years ago because the 5th district, which is where Victoria Sparts is, was turning more blue. They were concerned they were going to lose that district. They said the chances of beating Carson in the old district are still very slim. Let's push these Republican votes it, let's make the sparks district more republican will make which will by default make carson's more blue but we are willing to just totally so you get crappy representation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the republican in the 5th knows they can't lose carson knows he can't lose so you get total republican and democratic extremism on both sides And this is why districts are uncompetitive, and this is why people aren't accountable to the voters, and this is why nothing ever gets done.
0: Okay, so these maps, they're approved by the Indiana General Assembly, but it isn't the Indiana General Assembly that draws up the maps.
2: Oh, sure, Casey. It's not the General Assembly that draws up. Like, the people who draw up these maps, the commissions, et cetera, they know what's going to get approved and what's not. They are beholden to the Indiana General Assembly. They are beholden to the party leadership. And it is drawn— accordingly and this is why they got the bad grade because and every for the most part i mean many many states are getting bad grades we're picking on indiana because we live here
0: indiana is one of 13 states that earned a d or a d- minus. right and And you have have f's and this so we
2: did a little yeah we did better than the f people yes you're correct um But this is why you get crappy representation because all the person knows they have to do is get out of their primary. If you're an incumbent, you're essentially there for as long as you'd like to be there because unless you're caught in an alley with someone – you're just you're probably not going to lose because of all the power that comes with the incumbency. OK,
0: so these new lines, these new maps, they were approved in October of 21. And you started by saying that this happens when we do a census. Mm-hmm. So is this only every 10 years? Every they 10 these? years they okay. redraw
1: the maps
2: and who's the the party that's in power? The legislature draws the maps. So the Republicans with supermajority. So let's let's talk about why this is important. So the Republicans draw the maps to know that the Republicans, basically, they have not only made it so they can't lose, they'll never lose their super majorities based on population, et cetera. So when something like property taxes comes along and you and me and our audience is livid about this, the Republicans look at you and go like that Willy Wonka meme where he's got his hand on his on his Mm -hmm. cheek. Mm -hmm. That's the real thing. Oh, you're upset about property taxes. That's cute. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do about it? Yeah because they can't they don't fear losing they don't fear you'd have to beat them in the primary and they're banking on you're not going to be organized enough to be able to beat them in a primary so thus we don't fear losing and our guy doesn't fear losing and that guy himself doesn't worry about losing so, we're not going to do anything for you about property taxes. This is the danger in having these unaccountable supermajorities.
0: Hey, speaking of primaries, you know what I saw over the weekend on, when I was driving down 65? Oh? A huge digital billboard of John for John Rust.
2: So, this is super interesting. John Rust, and we've said this. Look, I don't know whether I'm going to like John Rust's mm-hmm. views on policies. I don't know whether I'm going to hate him. I have no idea. My support of John Rust is not. I think John Rust is a great guy, or I would. I can tell you I'm definitely not voting for Jim Banks. But I don't know whether I would vote for Jim Rust or not, or not or John Rust or not in a U.S. Senate primary. What I know is John Rust has the right to run For public office. And if the two tired old parties are going to take public money, then the public has the right to decide which one of those they are. And the system is totally rigged to keep undesirables like John Rust from running. So John Rust's lawsuit is super important. And I love that he so apparently loves his state and his country that he's willing to spend his own personal fortune, Mm -hmm. which he's doing. He's a very wealthy egg farmer. And he is willing to spend that money to get this lawsuit in front of the courts to be able to rule on a variety of things that we talk about all the time that Indiana does to see if they're constitutional or not, because this could end up having a big impact on more people being able to run for public office in the future.
0: All right. He was appearing with Rob Lowe. I had no idea that Rob Lowe had a podcast. I didn't either. I did not know this. Nope. It's called Literally with Rob Lowe. Uh And Arnold Schwarzenegger was his guest. And they were blasting Democrat-run cities. And Roblo is asking Schwarzenegger what it means to be a Democrat. And let's take a listen to his answer.
4: Okay, let me ask you this. And I ask people this all the time. And a, a good man, served for, for many, many, many years. He used to have the greatest makes me a Republican. And he had, I think, four or five things. I think it was um, in no particular strong military, low taxes, less government, more personal freedoms. There might have been one, a couple, but, but it makes sense to know. Strong law enforcement. Strong law enforcement. And and then I'd like to know what the, I always ask Democrats what it means to be a Democrat in that way. And I, I think whatever anybody would say. ruin your cities. What would, they, what, would they, what would they say?
2: Ruin your cities. What's that? Ruin your cities. Ruin your cities. That's what the Democrats would say. We are about ruining the cities. We want the f*** up every city in America. That's what the, 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 the seems to be the theme right now. Why is that? I have no idea. Okay, couple things. Number one, Schwarzenegger's been in bed with Democrats mm-hmm. for years and years and years, and he's badmouthed all, all conservatives for a long time. Yeah,
0: he's changing his tune.
2: And number two, I ran out of time. <laughs> but uh, oh, I love the fact that he couldn't understand him and he was like three times, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, sir. What? Huh? It's
0: 1142. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
1: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: No reason to get excited The thief he kindly spoke There are many here among us. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. Rob, here's a question for you. When your mom or, well, not your dad, because I know he lives next door, but when your mom calls, do you pick up right away?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, I feel that if it's your parent and they're calling you, Mm -hmm. then out of respect, even if you're like super busy, unless you are just in the middle of something that can't be delayed for a few moments, you should try to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'll call you right back.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's a new study out that says more than half of Gen Z won't pick up the phone when their parents call. A quarter of them decline the calls. <laughs> well, that's not very nice at all, is it?
2: This, uh, Yeah, that's terribly disrespectful.
0: You know who does that? Who? My daughter. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I follow her. I track her you know her location. Oh, oh you oh you're a spy. Well, you know, it's just I can see where she is. Okay. I can locate her. So my
2: question her. is are you uh, is she on your cell phone plan? Yeah. Oh, then that's fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm paying the bill, no, no, right? Fine. I get okay. to know where she is.
2: Yeah, no no, that's that's okay.
0: And it used to bother her, but then I told her, you know, this is coming from a place of love. Yeah, no. Well, I did this uh Last week. It was, I think, Friday. Hmm. I checked her location, and I noticed that she was in a, a big park in the middle of campus. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, what is she doing in a green space on a college campus- Right. With everything that's going on in the world.
2: Were you worried she had joined the pro-Palestinian cause?
0: I was worried she was up to no good. So I was like, okay, where is she? What is going on? So I texted her. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? And she didn't reply. Uh Uh-oh. And I thought, she is screening what is going on. Finally, a few minutes later, she texts back and she said, I'm in class. Oh. Okay, that's acceptable. Do you believe her? Yes, I do, because then at the top of the hour when class seemed to be over, she did call me and I said, hey, I was just checking in with you, wanted to make sure you're okay, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But there are times when I think that she looks at her phone Mm -hmm. and goes... Uh, and, like, just, I don't want to answer that.
2: Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of torn on this. But first of all, she's on your plan, mm-hmm. so she is obligated to do whatever you tell her to do. <laughs> you, you take, she lives with you during uh-huh. the office. I mean, look, so, yeah, she's still... I'm paying the college. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, if you're a grown-ass adult... Out of respect, Mm -hmm. I would think you would answer the phone for your parents. Like My parents are never going to call me just to shoot the breeze. If they're calling me, there's something they want to talk about that is of some level of relevance Mm -hmm. to their or my existence. Now, if you've got a parent who calls you like all day, every day, and it's just mindless drivel, and you're 40 years old, then maybe. Yeah. But- For these Gen Z people, they're certainly not 40 years old. Most of them are probably beholden to their parents financially in some shape, form, or fashion. So pick up the phone.
0: Okay. So these parents, two thirds are saying that they only hear from their children through messages. Oh, that's terrible. Like text messages or, uh, you know, voice messages. So I can recall when I was growing up, my grandma called my mom every day. Yeah. Every day. And they lived in the same city. Now, I don't live in the same city as my mom, mm-hmm. so we touch base once a week, yeah. once every 10 days, make sure everything's going good. But if she texts me or calls me, I'm going to pick up.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing, and I've seen this, you've seen this uh, meme or gif or whatever it's called. it. You know me, I don't know anything about the technology. But this thing on the internet where it's like, it's a picture of a cell phone and it says, mom or dad mm-hmm. on it and then it says something effective you'll want to take this call every single time because there'll come a day where you can't take this call anymore yeah, absolutely. and that really like hits home like for me my grandparents phone number is still you in, still have it memorized in, in my phone no it's still in my phone though okay. because it's like i don't know that was a special number to call for all those years they always had the same phone number they still had the phone that was tacked to the wall mm-hmm. <laughs> greatest generation people and so um To me, yeah, you should absolutely, if your parents... Uh, call you, answer the phone.
0: Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Or call them right
2: back, I mean, at your nearest convenience.
0: Three in ten parents have to look up slang or acronyms <laughs> that their childrens use before replying. So, like, if you get a message from a Gen Z, three in ten are looking, what does this mean? Well, Before had, they can reply. <laughs> we've had this
2: conversation where every generation, and mm-hmm. this is pretty much, mostly throughout human history, if you go back and look is capable of learning the technology which they needed to survive in the world in which they live. So like for my grandparents, it was, you got to know how to use a cellular Mm -hmm. telephone, not a cellular telephone, but a telephone, a traditional telephone, and a typewriter, Mm -hmm. right? And so towards the end of their life, I was capable of teaching my grandparents how to use a cell phone to make a call to us. Or in case of an emergency. But that's all they needed. For my parents' generation, it's been cell texting. phone. Texting. Texting, mm-hmm. email, uh, basic internet abilities. Yep. For my generation, it's been the social media. hmm uh, but I'm very on the periphery. I do Facebook and the Twitter. I have an Instagram. I just basically copy and paste for my Twitter account. Well, and
0: I think for your daughter's generation, she's
2: going It'll to be, be nothing, Casey. Well, my no... daughter will know how to use nothing. You know why? She'll be a happy person. Uh, the cell phone, the email, none of that. You know what she'll know how to do? No, be a human being. She'll have to learn how to interact with
0: AI. No, no, she won't. No, she
2: won't, Casey. She will not know any of that bull crap. And then when she's 18, she can do whatever she wants.
0: Hey, what? What did you think about this calendar, this sexy calendar of homeless men?
2: Okay, so this is in Utah, I think. And there's some nonprofit that I believe helps Mm -hmm. people down on their luck. Yep. And as part of this, they have created a, a calendar of Beautiful homeless men, mm-hmm. and they sell this calendar to raise money for their organization.
0: Yeah, it's called Nomad Alliance, and it's the sexy Nomad calendar. It's a 12 month spread of unsheltered men in seductive centerfold poses and pouts.
2: Yeah. So now this is mm. not people who look like uh, Ernest T. Bass out there. Mm-hmm. This is actually, I mean, these guys you see them, and you go, "That's a that's a good looking dude, right?" They're they're homeless people, but they're good looking. I'm torn on this because there is a certain exploitive nature to it. However, if it helps the people, now you know what these organizations, some help more than others, some have, hey, 90% of every dollar is going to help the homeless, some it's like 20% of every dollar is going to help the homeless, and mm-hmm. nine people got jobs. Um... So, I don't know. I go back and forth on this. If everybody's consenting to having their picture taken, then I guess adults can do whatever they want to do. But I'd want to make sure the money's going to help the people in need.
0: Well, it looks like that they received a grant for about $25,000, and they're making nearly $30,000 off this calendar. And one of the first homeless men that they helped received $3,000 off the photo shoot, and he said, I'm technically homeless, even though it's bougie homeless now.
2: <laughs>
0: so it looks like maybe they are helping the people that are
2: okay. opposing. Look, if ever you know my thing, Casey, I'm not the morals police. I have my own standards. But if consenting adults want to engage in consensual mm-hmm. financial transactions, then uh, the vast majority of cases, I'm going to be like, that's up to you and them. And as long as everybody's good and whatever the terms were, okay.
0: All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.